The Data Possible podcast is brought to you by Discovery Data. For more information about Discovery Data, please visit discoverydata.com. Welcome to the Data Possible podcast, brought to you by Discovery Data. The Data Possible podcast examines how data fuels your sales, marketing, and recruiting teams to achieve success. Our goal is to provide you with tools, techniques, and best practices to help you close more deals, find new opportunities, and recruit better people and partners. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Data Possible podcast, presented by Discovery Data. This is your host, Doug Heikinen. Today, our guest is Bob Skay. Bob is the CEO of Discovery Data and sits on the board of directors at various New Jersey organizations. He's been an advocate for implementing diversity and inclusion initiatives in his professional career, as well as through his efforts with the All-Stars Project of New Jersey and Rutgers University. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You recently announced a new data set called Diversity and Inclusion. DNI is a hot topic these days. What does this data provide and how can the financial service industry benefit from this type of insight? Yeah, thanks. So our diversity and inclusion data, uh, which we came out with a couple of weeks ago, is I think a really timely and important data set for the industry. Uh, my, my colleague, Salim Khan, our, our chief data and analytics officer, uh, worked really hard to put this together. And what it provides in short is a diversity metrics on uh, financial advisors, brokers, and insurance agents, which is our primary foundational data, that w- will allow our clients to really perform actionable intelligence primarily around recruiting and, and, and those they want to work with. Um, it has various facets to it. So in, to give you a little bit of another click deeper on this, it provides diversity data amongst uh, across seven different races, uh, 180 different ethnicities, 170 languages, uh, and other types of information relative to assimilation levels, et cetera. So what it's going to allow our clients to do is you know, incorporate it into their, primarily their recruiting uh, processes, such that they can recruit candidates that better reflect the clients and communities they are trying to serve. And that's a huge issue for the industry right now, financial services industry. So we're excited about it. It's off to a great start. Salim has been very busy since we launched two weeks ago, talking to clients and prospects and others, and a lot of excitement around it. We believe it's the first algorithmically derived data set of its kind. That is to say, you know, there are other data sets out there that provide various forms of information, uh, but we believe it's the financial services industry first aggregated and um, kind of model-enabled diversity uh, enabler. So uh, in that regard, we're really excited about it. Those are impressive numbers, but Discovery always has impressive numbers. So in in addition to the data set, you recently published a research report called Closing Diversity Gap. Tell us about that report and what readers would expect to learn. Yeah, so again, that that was also Salim who authored this with the help of others internally. Um, You know, it's a pretty broad look at what we see as being, or what the industry sees as being that uh, the statistical analysis of how uh, 
uh, we are serving the community. Um, we went out to hundreds of our clients and firms, advisory firms, and, and asked them a series of, of questions in the survey around um, uh, their, their thoughts on, on the topic of diversity, uh, what initiatives they had underway, uh, what um, tools they use today or may be planning to use, um, where they are in the evolution of the uh, of their DNI uh, initiatives, and uh, and we also got some key stats uh, uh, about the industry itself in terms of demographics. And, and the mismatch uh, of, of coverage or, or the professional advisory populations that currently serve the communities. And there's clearly a, uh, a, you know, a, a gap there. And that's what we mean by closing the diversity gap. The industry we believe is a little bit out of sync in terms of its coverage. And that's really important. Uh, and, and the reason it's important, and most firms agree, almost everybody has an initiative underway but the reason that's important is because, you know, wealth and investments, uh, investment uh, power, if you will, buying power is growing very quickly amongst underserved communities. And in order to serve those communities, we believe it's important. I think the firms now believe it's really important to reflect that community in a meaningful way. So if you are trying to develop a business in, in for example, Koreatown, Los Angeles, you, know, you might want to have Korean speaking agents or advisors, uh, and, and that's not easy to do. And so trying to reflect the communities um, uh, that you serve, so as to uh, you know, satisfy and frankly capitalize on the growing wealth amongst underserved communities is a really important topic right now in the industry in particular. So that's what the, that's what the survey gets to is a, a lot of really interesting insights that we can dig into a little bit, but we're excited about that. And I believe it, it launches uh, in this coming week. I got a copy of the report and it's no surprise that the financial service industry does not reflect the general demographic trends in the US, um, Hispanics and African-Americans being the most underrepresented groups what are some of the ways firms can diversify their advisor teams? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, yeah. So to your point, um, the Hispanic and African-American populations are underserved by 11 and 10% respectively, whereas the Caucasian population is overserved by 20%. Uh, but more African-Americans opened up investment accounts in, in, during the pandemic than in any previous year. And so the interest amongst investing for uh, African-Americans in particular and other populations, uh, Hispanic, uh, Hispanic uh, incomes are growing at a faster rate than any demographic, including Caucasian. So um, uh, the need for this is important from a business perspective. How can they go about it? Well, first, first it takes a commitment. You know, if you saw the report, you saw that, uh, you know, most firms are focused on this in some way, shape, or form. The question is, what level of conviction do you have around it? You know, and and how long have you been at it? And what and 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 do you have someone dedicated to it? So, and th there's a lot in the report about what the industry is doing as a whole. But the longer you stay with it, one of the findings in the report, 
says the longer you stay with it, the better results you're going to get. Now that sounds like no surprise, right? But the, I think that the, the aha moment there is that unless you stay with it, it will fizzle out, right? You have to maintain a level of conviction over time to do this. So that's the first thing is, is the belief in, in this as a uh, both a, a social imperative, but also a business imperative. Uh, and, and most firms, many firms now believe this is very good, good business overall. The second thing is using proper tools, whether that's you know, earnings tools or types of software. Uh, many firms are using third-party consultants, but uh, data is on the rise. And you know, data is the, the oil and the engine of this type of initiative. And, uh, and we, we think we can be helpful. And so it's a combination of factors. It's, it's, it's commitment, it's awareness, it's commitment, it's ongoing passion. And, and then you know, using the right tools, inclusive of data uh, to make sure you can get to the outcomes you want to. You've been in the financial services arena for over 30 years, both large and small firms. You're not alone. How has the concept of diversity and inclusion evolved over those years? in your experience and why is it so important today? And you, you started to touch on that earlier. Yeah, so, you know, I was, um, I was really fortunate to, um, uh, I worked for the JP Morgan, one of the JP Morgan Chase predecessor banks, Chase Manhattan Bank uh, back in the day in the nineties. And um, I was very fortunate to be on, um, uh, on something called the diversity council in the mid nineties, I think it was 96, 97. Uh, I ran our Latin American uh, effort uh, for the business I was in. I spoke Spanish and uh, a lot better then than I do now. Um, but uh, consequently I was, I was on a diversity council. And to my knowledge, or at least my awareness at the time, you know, Chase was out in front of this relative to other, other banks and other firms, frankly, in, in having a diversity council and awareness. And I learned a lot on that council. You know, I'm a, I'm a city kid. I'm from, uh, I'm from uh, Jersey City, which is um, one of the most diverse large cities in America. It is literally equal parts, um, uh, 25%, if you will, Asian American, uh, uh, Asian, excuse me, Asian, Hispanic, African American, and Caucasian, almost 25% each. And so I grew up around diversity, but when I got to the, to the street, when I got to you know, financial services, uh, it was a little different. And so this diversity council was something I had a lot of interest in. And, and I learned on that something from a, an executive that I'm still in touch with. He actually sent me a note the other day. I won't use his name, um, but he, he taught me that diversity was something that needed to be focused on like a blind spot. And I asked him what he meant by that. And he said, well, you know, when you're driving in your car and on your back right wheel, well, it might be a car, but you can't see it. And you have to lean forward in your seat, almost over the steering wheel to look out your side view mirror to see whether there's somebody there or not. I said, yeah, I know what that is. He said, that's diversity. He said, unless you're leaning forward to look, you're not going to see it. Uh, that you're not going to see that you're, you're lacking in it. And, and I said, well, why is that? He said, well, it has to do with comfort zones. It really has to do with, uh, you know, 
how we are, the human condition is we just tend to stay with folks who are like us. And so overcoming that, if you will, that comfort zone requires uh, an overt action to break that inertia. And I've never forgotten that, the blind spot aspect of diversity. And, you know, these days it's, it's become a, you know, certainly a social imperative. You know, I work on the board of a couple of, couple of charitable organizations, uh, one in particular here in New Jersey, the All Stars Project of New Jersey. It's a national organization. I sit on the New Jersey board and it really works with the high school level kids, if you will, from underserved and frankly poor communities. And invariably they're, they're kids of color. Uh, to try to introduce them to how to network, how to make eye contact, how to, you know, they get them internships, et cetera. But it's really all about, about confidence. And so the reality is, to me, this is a grassroots type of effort. And over the years, we've had an issue in the financial services industry with respect to making sure we are seeing those blind spots and overcoming them. But as someone who has hired after 35 years, you hire a lot of people, either directly or indirectly. Someone who has hired hundreds of people, it's also not easy even when you're aware of it. Finding qualified candidates of diverse backgrounds is hard to do. We know it makes good business sense, but sometimes it's hard to do. And that's where the tools come into play. So I would say that the industry has evolved. I was involved very early on. And I think there's always been an awareness. But I think there's a heightened sense of social awareness now. And it's a social imperative, but it's also a business imperative. It makes really good business sense. And those two are intertwined. Ultimately, it's about networks, whether it's social networks or, or business networks. Those things have be increasingly become intertwined. And, and it's important for us to, as an industry to focus on it. I, I heard the podcast you did with Kate Healy on the Data Possible podcast, which I thought was great. But she talked about more of a grassroots you know, financial literacy aspect of this. And I think that's critically important. It's really important because ultimately there will be a trust factor here, undoubtedly, for certain types of backgrounds, demographic, under, underserved population. They won't necessarily have the trust factor of working with a financial advisor or wealth manager uh, as their wealth grows. You know, one of the stats in the report it says that uh, only 18% of, of Asian Americans, which is a very wealthy population, only 18% of Asian Americans use financial advisors versus the, the population overall, which is 26 or 27%. And that's cultural. That's a trust factor. And so the industry needs to understand that in order to service that community, uh, they probably have to build that trust. And I think the best way to do that is by working, uh, by, by you know, employing folks who speak, literally speak the same language as your prospective clients and make sure you can build that trust. So overall, the industry has come a long way and still has a ways to go. But the good news is I would say the awareness now is more keen than it's ever been in terms of what needs to be done. And I think the tools and the data available now are going to make that easier going forward. And we're just really happy to be doing our part to be part of that solution because we at Discovery Data believe uh, this is important from a number of different angles and we're, we're happy to be part of the solution. 
and we'll be right back. Discovery Data empowers you to trust your decisions and your data. As your strategic go-to-market partner, we improve the impact of your data-driven sales, marketing, and recruiting to increase win rates and accelerate growth. Visit us at discoverydata.com to learn more. We're here with Bob Skay, who's the CEO of Discovery Data Talking Diversity. Bob, do you think that financial services has been a very welcoming place for diverse individuals to join? I don't. Uh, <laughs> that's the short answer. I don't. You know, and it's a matter of degree, right? I, I believe in this from a. I believe in this from the kind of farm system perspective that you we we need to introduce the industry to folks right out of school, right out of college, if you will. You know, and and kind of demystify the language of financial services. Uh, I have kids in their 20s, you know, and I talk to them about some of the terminology we use. It's really not that complicated, but I think we, you know, we get the reputation as being hard to understand and it's not. So I think we need to demystify, you know, the language we use and the concepts and be a little more welcoming. And so, you know, I think it's a vicious cycle, if you will, to the extent that Certain populations are overrepresented and others are underrepresented. Again, unless you make an overt action to change that, uh, it's not going to change on its own. And we've got to do our part to embrace diversity and embrace these communities to make sure we can truly represent uh, the community as a whole. Yeah, the report's fantastic. So um, how does Discovery Data hope to have an impact on the industry with the with DNI initiatives, yeah. Well, you know, in working with our clients, you know, this is very real. We we think we can help our clients to to achieve their their goals, their hiring goals, and uh, and better reflect these communities. You know, a very large brokerage firm that is a client of ours, remain nameless, has been a recruiting client of ours for many years, having specific conversations down to the level of we need to hire more Hispanic and Spanish-speaking advisors in the greater Portland region. I mean, that's, that's how specific it gets. We need to hire <clears throat> more Asian-speaking um, uh, professionals or more, more, more uh, Japanese-speaking professionals in San Francisco. And so these are very specific needs that, that our clients have. And, and we believe that our data, the way it's derived uh, using both the incoming data from various sources, as well as the machine learning we have, can help them get to better outcomes uh, faster, right? And, and be more, more straight through in terms of who they should focus on. So we, we, hope to, we hope to help our clients first and foremost. I think the broader good then will be where we, as and industry better reflect the communities that we serve and start to close this, this gap that we see in the, in the report that we're coming out with. Where can listeners go to learn more and maybe even download the report? Yeah, discoverydata.com. And uh, you'll, we'll also be distributing this through uh, social media networks, certainly LinkedIn and Twitter, and et cetera. Uh, but we'd love to talk to whomever about how we can help them achieve better outcomes for their for their hiring practices. Bob, thank you. It's been quite a pleasure talking to you. Pleasure's mine. Thanks so much, Doug. Appreciate it.
For everyone at Discovery Data and the Data Possible podcast team, we thank you so much for joining us. The Data Possible podcast is brought to you by Discovery Data. For more information about Discovery Data, please visit discoverydata.com.